Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. In our state, we see the effects of climate change around us seemingly every day, right? Storms, flooding, wildfires, extreme heat waves. Such events are changing the very landscape and feeling of California and making a lot of us worried. So how do we handle the anxiety and even the grief that stem from climate change? It's something that investigative reporter Erica Hellerstein wrote about in an article titled Grieving California for the journalism website Coda Story. For the rest of the show, here's Hellerstein speaking on The Bay, a podcast produced by KQED Public Radio. California's always been sort of at the front lines of change demographically in the U.S., but also politically, culturally, like we've always kind of experienced things a little bit earlier than other parts of the country. And you could definitely say the same is true of the impacts of climate change. In 2020, I was around Truckee. There was a fire and it was very smoky and it was in August. I was walking my dog. There weren't very many people out there. It was very, like, heavy smoke. It wasn't advisable to be out. And there was a man out, like, sort of at the bank of Donner Lake, just looking around in disbelief. And he was from there, and he'd grown up there, and, like, this was very much, you know, his home, and he could not understand what was happening. I remember we had a conversation, and he just kept repeating, like, it's not supposed to be like this. It's not supposed to be like this. He was, you know, an adult, older man, and just seeing that, like, visible anxiety and frustration and confusion and anger, like, all coming together just at the banks of Donner Lake in this moment. What he was going through, it like really embodied what a lot of people were going through and, and feel like this is not how it's supposed to be. And yet if you choose to stay in wherever it is, that might be how it is. That might be what the future is like. And like, what do you do with that? In 2021, I was just thinking about seasons and how my relationship to seasons in California felt like it was changing because in the past growing up in the Bay Area I always thought of that sort of like September October period as the best time in in the Bay because it was finally hot now I was always absolutely terrified of those like I was feeling really scared because there's a certainty that there will be fires I think a lot of people now 
approach that time of year with a lot of fear. And so I was just like, huh, that's interesting that my relationship with seasons feels so different. And I wonder if other people feel that way. And so I just kind of started talking to my friends about it. But I was thinking about how I was kind of nostalgic for this other time and nostalgia for, you know, sort of this period of my childhood where I could live here without being perpetually afraid of fire. Literally just typed into Google like nostalgia, sadness, fire. (laughs) Just to be like, who was talking about this? Because I also just didn't feel like it was something I was hearing about. Like we obviously heard about environmental consequences of fire and climate change and the physical health consequences, but the mental health part of it, like it was just not something that I felt like I had been exposed to conversations about that. So lo and behold, I found that there was this really interesting environmental philosopher who came up with his own word to describe the feeling of homesickness when you never leave. So the word is called solastalgia. Glenn Albert, who's this environmental philosopher, came up with it. The way that he described this, you know, homesickness for a home you've never left because it's changing so much due to the environment and climate change. Knowing that there's someone else who felt the same way and felt that it was so urgent to come up with language to describe it felt very validating to me. Like, I'm not the only person who feels this way. And I also began to learn that there was this very, like, new group of people that I had never heard about who were, I guess I call them the climate grievers, but they're involved in this climate grief movement where they believe that grieving losses associated with climate change are very crucial to actually dealing with it. I met with some of them and learned about their processes and they enter sort of a 10-step program similar to Alcoholics Anonymous. And the idea is to get people comfortable with thinking about the grief that they feel associated with fires and climate change and ultimately lead up to action, but that you can't necessarily start with action if you haven't begun to accept the grief that you feel. Once you accept this, it's like, what then? It's accepting that the lives that we remembered from our childhood, like that may not be the lives that our children have. We grieve people we love when they die and these wild places we love are dying and changing and like, why would we not be very sad about that? Why would we not be mourning? That's kind of why I see accepting the uncertainty of the future as strangely empowering because it allows for reimagining our lives and our livelihoods and how we live and it opens the door to change and trying to make the outcome a little bit better. That was an excerpt of KQED's The Bay podcast featuring a conversation between Aaron Baldessari and investigative reporter Erica Hellerstein. You can find the show at kqed.org slash the bay. And that's the California Report for Monday, January 1st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening and have a great day. 
I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Support for the California Report comes from the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, investing in creative thinkers and problem solvers who are working to ensure that people, communities, and the planet can flourish. Hint, fruit-infused water with no sugar or diet sweeteners, with more than 25 flavors, including watermelon and pineapple, in stores or delivered from hintwater.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy works to create a cleaner, healthier, more secure world for all. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.